more research about where the thought leaders in your space are hanging out, uh, get to know them, what content they're putting out, what's working and how that kind of content is clicking with your prospects. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SDR game. The show where I interview top performing SDRs and I share tips and strategies that works best today about prospecting, productivity and sales career. Welcome back to the second part of the episode with Monica and we're going to talk about social selling. We are going to show some real examples of what Monica uh, was talking about in the previous episode we, we released last week and also go deeper on Monica's strategies. I think that you can like inherently know when the time is right and enough rapport has been like has been built. There's enough time that's passed by. I think that if you've interacted a couple times with someone on Twitter and then the next day you're, you just end up pitch slapping them, then they'll tell that they'll be able to tell that the way you were prospecting to them or building a relationship with them, it was just so that you could pitch them or pitch slap them 48 hours later. So Monica, since we've recorded the episode and uh, we're going to publish this episode, I've recorded episode with two SDRs uh, where they are using LinkedIn and one of their main channel. And uh, there is two episodes, so one with Devesh and one with Holly, and they both pitch on LinkedIn. And you, uh, when we're recording this first episode, for the first episode together, you are more focused on uh, building relationships. Uh, did you try pitching before focusing on building relationships or what was your process with uh, social selling here? With social selling, uh, relationship building versus kind of pitch slapping on LinkedIn, I think it really depends on the ICP and how often uh, they log on to LinkedIn or Twitter and just how much time they're spending on social media networks. So there's definitely been ICPs where I've added someone on LinkedIn. As soon as I notice them, I send them a message right away. It could be kind of considered pitch slappy, if you will, which is against what a lot of people say. But at the same time, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to build a relationship with people on uh, LinkedIn because they just don't log in that often. So um, a couple of jobs ago, I was working for a legal software company and we were prospecting to corporate services managers. Uh, they didn't log into LinkedIn very often. So once I noticed they accepted my request, I would message them. I would say, can you point me in the direction of who leads corporate services at XYZ law firm? Uh, they would respond to me and then I would kind of get to the point right away of what I was talking about. But I think that if you have prospects who you can kind of see and tell by your research and deep dive into the ICP that they do spend more time on LinkedIn and Twitter, then you can take your time building relationships a bit more. And I think that those like those relationship building skills and efforts will take you further, but it just depends on the ICP. And also, the, I would say the person, because uh, right now, yeah. um, since we've also recorded this video, I'm more focused on LinkedIn uh, with my persona my better personas, and uh, I thought they were not active a lot on, on LinkedIn, but uh, I found that there is, obviously, if I like every better person, I think you have people more active on, on social media, and I'm just focusing on them, for example, and that's something uh, I found out. And when I started, I thought data leaders, they didn't like LinkedIn or social media in general, but then, like we were talking about finding your community, uh, for the community of your prospects more. Um, here, I've I started to find more, more and more influencers and people that they're following. And then you, you find people who are really active uh, on LinkedIn. So you took some advice that I, uh, I gave you from the last episode of uh, getting in touch with the, uh, the thought leaders in the space. Exactly. No, but yeah. also the, for something, uh, 
maybe I didn't mention the, um, the, the interviews, but what I'm, what we are hearing here on the podcast generally, that's what I'm using also to, yeah, to try with my prospects. And that's a really good way to learn from the best. Yeah, exactly. Develop new tactics, learn from what's working with people and then try it yourself and see what sticks and works for you. Right. Exactly. We didn't talk about that the other day, but, uh, do you have a favorite way of communicating on LinkedIn? So I know you uh, send a lot of message, you share things on LinkedIn, but do you, did you try video? Did you try voice notes or sending visuals also on LinkedIn? Usually the way that I initially try to get in touch with people is I'll comment on their posts or engage with whatever they're posting. Um, if they don't post too much, my go-to message that I use when I'm prospecting to people is, can you point me in the direction of who takes care of wireless safety at XYZ Robotics Company? Can you point me in the direction of who leads developer marketing at XYZ tech company, right? So I just kind of ask for a referral. That's usually my first point of contact and how I start the conversation with people because it's a very low friction ask. I don't want to waste my time talking to the wrong person and it just builds rapport in the account. And then when I do get in touch with the right person, I can say, oh, I was talking to Bobby Sherwood. He told me that you would be the right person. So that's how I initially get the conversation started with people. Uh, after that, I will send, I use a lot of memes in my prospecting. I use videos, I use voice notes. Um, yeah, so I use a, like a bunch of different methods, but that's kind of how I open the conversation with people. Nice. Something you mentioned that was interesting is if they're not super active, you want to know who's the best person to talk with. Yeah. And uh, I think that's pretty good to do that because you're not uh, trying to find maybe something you can use in your outreach. It's just finding the right person. Yeah. And it's really, like you mentioned, it's a low ask. So you can get the information instead of yeah, just asking for a meeting because obviously if they give you the name of the right person, it's easier for you also then to reach out to, to this person. Yeah, I think that also helps with multi-threading, kind of account-based outreach, account-based marketing. There's lots of different words in jargon and like different ways to spin it. But uh, often I will purposely ask someone who I know is not the right person of who I'm trying to connect with. It's not the right prospect. But uh, often I'll add four to eight people from an account, depending on the size of the account, and just ask all of them the same question. And then oftentimes two or three of them will refer me to that same person that leads wireless safety or leads developer marketing or leads legal compliance or something like that at the company. And then when I send that person an email, I can say, Sue, Bob, Sally, and Jim all suggested that I reach out to you. And then by the time I'm talking to the right person at the company, then I have rapport with two, three, four, depends on like, just depends on the situation. I have rapport with multiple people in the account and they're more likely to answer my message and yeah, just respect me by getting in touch with me because I've spoken to their colleagues. So oftentimes, yeah, I'll message the wrong person on purpose. I want to get two, three, four referrals to the right person. And then when I do get the right person, they're just way more likely to respond and engage with me because I made the effort to get to know people in the account. Uh, when you ask questions about, uh, can you point me in the right direction? Do you yeah. use the name of the, of the person you want to, to, to be in touch with? Or you uh, just ask the question, can you point me in the right direction? Yeah, so I often will, if I have somebody in mind who I think is the right person, I'll say, it depends on the situation. Sometimes I'll say, 
it appears to me that Sally is the right person. Um, if she's not the right person, can you let me know who the right person is? But at the same time, I think if I just say, is Sally the right person, then they'll just say yes, no, or I don't know. But if I say to them, can you point me in the direction of who leads internal communications at XYZ company, then they more have to think about it and give you an answer. And I would rather not actually say the person because they could just say yes or no. I like to make it more open-ended. So it forces oh, okay. them to, to think and say something. So yeah, I, I would say it depends on the situation, depends on the ICP. There's a lot of nuance to social selling like we talked about in the last time of, of us recording this, but uh, it depends. But my go-to line is, can you point me in the direction of who leads whatever it is that we're talking about um, at XYZ company, right? Can you point me in the direction of who leads internal comms, developer marketing at ABC company? That's all I say. And then they just respond and say, yes, Sally's in charge of that. Here's her phone number, here's her email, or you can find her on LinkedIn. Um, or some people will just give the name, right? Depends. Now le let's talk about the real life examples. So can you share your screen and let's go with the first example. Uh, so something I talked about, uh, in the last episode was, uh, kind of my three pillars or ways that I engage with or interact with my prospects. Mm -hmm. So I have the, uh, the shoot the shit, uh, kind of thing with them the a valuable content that I post and also relatable content that I post. Uh, so in this first example, I was talking to a prospect on Twitter. He tweeted for a 7 a.m. call, when do you get out of bed? Um, I responded in a kind of quirky and silly way saying 648, uh, go to the washroom, make a coffee and you're good to go. Uh, and he responded saying 648, you've really thought this through. And I said, yep, done it many times before. <laughs> and then he just responded back saying I could tell. So this is like, I was really just treating this person as if he's my, my friend and my buddy and just being silly and shooting the shit with him. Um, another thing here, uh, which was kind of a relatable piece was, uh, I tweeted something. I was prospecting at the time to product marketers at tech companies. Uh, so I tweeted, talk about what problem your product solves. Don't talk about product features. And he responded saying, I can't emphasize this enough. Marketers miss uh, the boat on this or miss the mark on this all the time. Um, so that was something that was relatable. So people really love relatability. And when I was prospecting to these product marketers, I would look at memes uh, about what product marketers would share on Reddit. And I just wanted to share things that would be relatable to them and really click with them. Uh, and they would just, yeah, connect with what I was saying and posting. Um, the last one for this example is uh, I tweeted about a podcast by Chris Walker uh, about demand generation. So I tweeted saying learning so much about demand gen on the state of demand gen podcast by Chris Walker at Refine Labs. Uh, I would highly recommend. And then this same prospect uh, tweeted me back saying, checking this out, thank you for the tip. Uh, so I was really trying to also post things that would be helpful and just resources or things for them to check out. Nice. Uh, I really like the, the approach here. It's uh, obviously you can react to what they're sharing, but also you also, like well, we were talking about this on the other episode, but also about posting valuable content. So. Uh, I love this, this approach. 
Yeah, no, and I think this is also really, uh, this kind of approach is very specific to marketers. I think obviously not all marketers are the same, but I think marketers are receptive to this kind of quirky, funny, relatable, shoot the shit uh, outreach stuff. So that's another thing that I want to get into on um, uh, a slide a little bit further down the line is that not all outreach and ways of building a rapport are going to be the same for different types of ICPs because not everyone has that kind of quirky, silly personality. So another comment about the last tweet you, you've shared also about the podcast of Chris Walker. Yeah. Something that I like about the way you, if you share that, it's not you be trying to be the expert here. You are just sharing that you are learning from it because yeah. some, something I, I found out that is as a BDR or find someone generally who you never done the job of your prospect. It you, you can't tweet something and say uh, something about demand generation, trying to be the expert because you're an SDR yeah. and you've never been. And here it's more you sharing your learning. And I think that's uh, completely different than you're not trying to say something smart about demand generation. You're just sharing, hey, uh, I really think this podcast is helpful to learn about demand generation. Yeah, exactly. You're not encouraging people to consume your content, book a meeting, interact with your stuff necessarily. You're just trying to say, I'm new to this space. I'm also learning about this and on the same journey as you. And these are some kind of resources that helped me opposed to being the total expert in the space. So yeah, I totally exactly. agree. This uh, exchange on uh, LinkedIn DMs here is a continuation from the previous prospect. So I spent a lot of time building rapport uh, with this gentleman on Twitter and then him and I were going back and forth a little bit on LinkedIn after I had uh, just seen some of his content on LinkedIn. Um, I messaged him saying, if you guys ever need help with technical content and you're stretched for that and need external help, I'm always here for that too. Um, the prospect responded and said, can you drop me a note at my email and I can help you, uh, or just introduce you to the right person on our technical content marketing team. Um, and then I just responded saying, I'll whip something up and send it to you soon. Um, I also CC'd the person who was involved at my account or the account executive who would be kind of, uh, working this or just taking the call. Uh, he responded saying, got it and give me a little time. Another, I'm not going to go through every single like exchange in this message thread because I don't think it's important. Um, but another really big thing is I, uh, as you guys know, just from what I said before, is I really ask people for re referrals. Um, I try to build rapport in the account. And so another big thing about referrals is I am very uh, focused and always prioritize thanking people who gave me the referrals. Uh, so this guy was like a senior director of product marketing at this company. He wasn't necessarily the exact uh, right person. And I just said, can, like, can you help connect me to the right person? And then when I, I did get a meeting, I always make sure to go back and thank the person who helped me get the meeting in the first place and just helped make that introduction. I think a lot of people, when they get referrals, they find the right person. They say, Bob suggests that I reach out to you. And then they just focus on the person who's the right contact. Um, but it's really important for me to be polite, <laughs> emphasize the manners that I have and just be grateful and appreciate the referrals that I do get. And it goes a long way to uh, thank people regardless of who it is in the account. And, and if you think about that also, that what you mentioned earlier about multi-threading here, it's super important because if they really have like a, a pain and they want to buy your solution, 
they are going to be maybe in the decision making process even though you exactly. they were not on, on the call so that's something yeah. uh, that, that can make a difference in, in their decision also yeah just if you're polite and you make it a priority to yep. thank people and be in touch with multiple people in the account that politeness and likability will go a long way throughout the entire uh, sales cycle last question about this one so uh, the you showed us that first you started to engage with this person on Twitter and then move to, to LinkedIn messages. So how long did it take you to uh, go from the first interaction on Twitter to booking the meeting? For this one, I think yep. it was about three weeks. Three weeks, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so just like building relationship with any person, there's a lot of nuance and I think it kind of inherently feels like it's the right time to take the next step and just ask them if they need help with whatever you particularly help with. And I think that they can tell and you can tell that you've really made that effort to build a relationship with that person. And it feels like there's the proper amount of space for you to ask if they need any help with what you're selling. And when do you know it's a good time? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it really depends. Like you're reading these messages, you read the, um, the messages or tweets that I exchange on Twitter. I think that you can like inherently know when the time is right and enough rapport has been like has been built. There's enough time that's passed by. I think that if you've interacted a couple times with someone on Twitter and then the next day you you just end up pitch slapping them, then they'll tell that they'll be able to tell that the way you were prospecting to them or building a relationship with them, it was just so that you could pitch them or pitch slap them 48 hours later. So, um, I don't know. There's a lot of nuance to relationship building, like building romantic relationships or relationships with friends. And I think it just knowing when to, to kind of cross that line or, or jump to the next step. Uh, there's a lot of nuance and I think people, um, are able to tell, I think people often jump the gun and do it too soon. Uh, but I think they know that it's too soon. So I, I think that's what I'll say about that. I need to ask to, to see, because I imagine it's, it's not the like you have like a a six touch sequence and you know at touch four you you know you're going to ask for the meeting so I know here it's a bit the process is a bit different so yeah I really don't view um, relationship building with prospects as a step in the sequence I think naturally once you have a lot of back and forth with someone. Um, you're becoming friends with them, you kind of want to check in on them just because you're genuinely actually building a relationship with them. And then like oftentimes you'll have a couple exchanges on Twitter, you'll post something on LinkedIn, they might DM you and say something's interesting, then you talk a little bit of like a, a little bit of small talk about something else. And then you can kind of introduce that. So I think I think the, the main thing to think about is to not treat people as steps in a sequence, treat them as people that you're building real relationships with, make sure enough uh, time has passed and make sure that you've had at least three, four, five, six uh, small interactions with them before you take it to that next step. I think that if you've just had one or two short interactions or exchanges, and then without, within 48 to 72 hours, you're trying to pitch slap them, it's very obvious that you weren't genuinely trying to connect with them or build a relationship. You were doing it just to get the meeting. So wait enough until enough time has passed and wait until you've had enough genuine interactions. And then I think you can take it to that next step. I'll yeah. go to the next Perfect. one. Perfect. Yeah, let's, let's do the next one.
Yeah. So this one, um, this was also when I was prospecting to these uh, technical marketing people. So director of technical product marketing, uh, developer marketing, developer advocacy, developer evangelism. Uh, so I uh, was building a relationship uh, with this prospect on Twitter um, at the time, and I still don't have a, a ton of followers on Twitter, but it's uh, it's really interesting that someone with over 17,000 followers, he now has uh, actually over 50,000 followers, um, can notice someone who has such a low following, if or just a low amount of followers, if you really make an effort to genuinely interact with people. So I messaged him uh, on LinkedIn and I was actually learning a lot about my ICP. And I said, hey, so-and-so, I just watched your video about what a developer advocate is. Um, I'm learning a lot about developer relations and developer marketing and really loving this YouTube video, let's connect. He responded and said, um, so glad you enjoyed the video. Um, and then I saw on his Twitter as well that his, uh, the company that he was working for, uh, which was one of my target accounts, had acquired another one of my target accounts. And so this really has nothing that's going to benefit me by just acknowledging the acquisition uh, or saying anything about it, but it's just me genuinely taking an interest and congratulating the organization on the acquisition of that company. And so it's just these small, thoughtful interactions that don't have to be super groundbreaking or super revolutionary. It's just small ways that you're keeping up with people and thinking of people. So I messaged him and said, looks like a really exciting uh, acquisition, congratulations. Um, he responded back saying, thank you, we're definitely excited. Um, and then in some of the screenshots on Twitter here, um, the ac account executive that I was working with closely at that company and myself just complimented him uh, and acknowledged uh, and congratulated them on their acquisition. So it's just these small interactions that uh, really build up when you're building relationships with your prospects. That's a really good example. So you said that on the on Twitter, on the right side, it was your AE. You yeah. you were okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, I got her on the uh, on the Twitter train as well. We had a lot of fun together. Nice, that's so, uh, that's good. Yeah, this is another example. Um, what I really wanted to share with this example was uh, different types of messaging really resonates with different types of prospects. So I think the uh, tons of emojis, the like very silly kind of interactions with prospects might um, resonate or click with uh, marketing ICP or a sales ICP. But as we all know, we're not all prospecting to sales and marketing people. So this is an exchange um, that I had with a senior uh, tax partner and managing partner at um, an accounting uh, firm and law firm, a uh, national firm uh, in Canada. Actually, it's an international firm. Um, and another thing that was interesting about this uh, social selling situation was when I was prospecting to this account, uh, so we were telling, or we were selling advanced uh, tax structures to ultra high net worth clients and how we were connecting with them was by uh, connecting with their tax advisors um, at these international firms who were managing and uh, basically coordinating their taxes. So when I was uh, prospecting to this tax partner, I used uh, the LinkedIn profile of someone I was working with who had a master's in tax uh, in order to reach out to them. So I knew that if I prospected this person from my account, 
they would just look at me, say, oh, she's just a young and experienced salesperson and probably wouldn't respond to my message. So I used an account of somebody I was working with. I knew that they would uh, respect or want to respond to someone who had a master's in tax who was a lot more senior and experienced rather than just responding to, um, again, a young and experienced salesperson. So I'll read out this message. Again, this message was written by me, but it was sent from a different account because I wanted to, uh, to do something different, trying to do outreach this prospect. So I said, hi, Bob, hope all's well with you. Um, a lot of things have uh, dragged out a little lo uh, longer than we all expected. So I thought I would message you to see if the timing for a meeting works. Uh, with the fiscal pressure the federal government is facing, high net worth clients are in the crosshairs. The proprietary tax structures we offer could really help some of those clients. Could we connect for a short Zoom call? Um, so I, uh, the, the prospect responded to this message and said, Hi, Bob. I think the uh, best next step here would be to connect with Sally. She leads our tax practice now, and we have new policies on third-party tax solutions. She's likely best suited to chat with you and decide what makes sense. So again, the, the two most important things um, about this screenshot or situation is that different messaging is going to resonate with different types of prospects and also considering uh, using a profile of somebody else at your company. Um, so if you're reaching out to data scientists, maybe using the profile of someone at your company who is a data scientist to do outreach, I think uh, your prospects would just be a little bit more likely to respond if you have um, a more technical ICP. And I think uh, that that's what I was going to say here. I think uh, the thought process here is you want to, for the LinkedIn profile is super important because like you said, if you are an SDR trying to reach out to a VP, here it's, we're talking about uh, tax. And uh, if you have a profile that can be interesting for your prospect, you can you can yeah. use that. And uh, because the LinkedIn profile I think is also something we, I know we didn't talk about this uh, on this recording on the previous episode, but the profile also is super important because uh, that one that we need to decide is accept your connection requests or not. And then yeah, here, exactly. same like, like what you mentioned also, it's uh, you knew that you are going to get more replies by using another profile to to prospect on, on LinkedIn. So because they trust uh, their peers and uh, exactly. generally they don't like these people, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that, that's the way it is. And uh, you need to 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 think about that this way. And I think yeah, that's a really good strategy. And actually, that's something. We didn't try yet uh, here at Castor, but we were talking about using um, because the the four co-founders of the company they all have like a, that data scientist background or head of data background. Uh, even though now they don't have the data back for the data title, but they they've been data leaders for ten years. Or, so that's something also we could leverage. So that's a really good point. I highly recommend it. Uh, and, um, <laughs> And also, yeah, and the, no, and the other thing also, what you because uh, here it's basically you you wrote the message and you are using the account, so it's basically doing the same thing, but with the profile of, um, uh, person that your prospect trusts. So, exactly. All right, I will go to the next one. So this is an example of uh, can you point me in the direction of uh, who takes care of X Y Z uh, in action here. 
Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about this interaction. So um, I, I messaged a prospect here. This is when I was selling uh, to robotics engineers, um, specifically European uh, robotics engineers. So I was prospecting to a lot of counts uh, in Germany, in Italy, uh, in Spain. Uh, all three of those com countries have uh, big robotics hubs. So uh, this is me interacting with these uh, European robotics engineers. Uh, so I messaged somebody and again, I purposely messaged someone in the account that I didn't think was the perfect fit in order to build rapport with the account. So I said, hey, Bob, can you point me in the direction of who takes care of wireless safety for your AMRs and AGVs at XYZ company? Um, and then the prospect responded saying, uh, dear Monica, you can contact our AGV's product manager and listed the phone number in the email. Uh, you can also find her profile on uh, LinkedIn, kind regards. And then I made sure to uh, just thank the prospect. Um, another thing too, is I think it's really important with this slide here is to take into consideration uh, the way different geographies um, and ICPs uh, communicate. So I find generally that Europeans are a lot more formal in communication and uh, North Americans are a lot more uh, <laughs> silly goosey, if you will. And so I think when I started responding to this prospect and had a little bit of back and forth, I was mimicking their formality with how I was interacting with the prospects because you want to, uh, again, talk to a prospect in a way that's going to resonate or connect with uh, them. So I got an intro to the right prospect. And then um, after I got the intro, I messaged uh, the person who initially gave me the referral and said, hi, Bob, I am meeting with her on Wednesday. Thank you so much for her information. Bob responded saying, you're welcome. Hopefully you guys can find something of mutual interest. I responded saying, I hope so too, thanks again. Um, and then got a thumbs up. Uh, this is the interaction that I had with the person who was the right contact um, and ended up booking a meeting with. And I actually did close business with this client. Uh, it, the sales cycle was a little long on this one, uh, but we did end up closing the business. Um, so I said, um, hi, Sally, I spoke with Bob about wireless safety for your AGVs. And he suggested I reach out to you since you are the product manager. Are you open to learning more about wireless safety for your AGV? Are you available at 3 p.m. tomorrow for a quick call, uh, 10 to 15 minutes? The prospect responded saying, hello, Monica. Yes, sure, we can have a discussion together. Unfortunately, tomorrow afternoon doesn't work. But uh, what about Wednesday um, at 2 p.m. Italian time? I just said, yes, that works for me. Um, I'll send you a calendar invite. Another thing I want to mention about this, uh, this was my mistake and in retrospect, I should have changed it. Um, so another really big thing, uh, this is just more of a prospecting tip in general opposed to social selling, uh, but speaking to European prospects, um, a lot of them operate on military time. And so if you present a time to meet in military time, the 24 hour clock, it just kind of shows that you're trying to connect with them and meet them where they're at. And then another thing too, uh, what I see often is um, SDRs uh, talking to one of their prospects and then they mention their time zone that they wanna meet uh, in their time zone and they ask if that time is okay in their time zone. So let's say I am operating in Eastern time and I'm talking to a prospect and say, does 10 a.m. Eastern uh, work for you? So it's always important to say, 
um, hey, are you free at 4 p.m. Central European time? And then you write slash 10 a.m. Eastern time, uh, which is the time zone I'm located in, just so that they're also aware that they that you can't meet them in the morning because of the time difference. And just those kind of little thoughtful things will uh, will really go a long way. Uh, what do you mean by military time zone? Um, military time is just the 24-hour clock. Ah, that's, okay. that's what okay. it's called in, yeah, in English. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No> <laughs> nice. And yeah. Uh, another thing also about geography, uh, something also I've learned uh, on the podcast, I almost don't have any experience on prospecting French accounts uh, oh, wow. and calling... Uh, executive in the uh, the biggest account in France, for example. Yeah. But like you mentioned, in, in Europe, they are more formal uh, when you are reaching out. And I was talking with a, a top uh, BDR of uh, an American company, but working on the French uh, market. And he told me that when he re is reaching out to a CIO, he's not saying, hey, Bob, he's saying, hey, Mr. and yeah. the last name of the prospect. You don't you, you don't call them with their, by, by their first name. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just to finish on, on this um, example that you shared, when yeah. you, you said that you know this person, uh, the first person you are contacting, it's not the right person. Yeah. Uh, are you reaching out to um, someone who is at the same level or an individual contributor or what's your process? No, I'll, or I'll message somebody who is in a managerial director or executive position who I know is going to relatively be on the same team or in the same area but it's not exactly a fit for the person that I'm trying to reach. So it'll be at least managerial level or above, preferably, yeah, managerial director, executive, uh, like level prospect or person. Um, and then someone who would be on the same team or in the same area, but not exactly the same, <laughs> like not, not exactly the prospect, you get it. Yeah. And uh, now let's talk about your last example. So right now I am working for an organization called BizDev Labs. We sell, uh, I'm just <laughs> doing a small pitch here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just for the sake of me sharing this example, uh, but we sell outsourced uh, SDR services. So SDR is a service, uh, an external SDR agency. Um, so a big thing for me uh, is creating content for my prospects. So because I post a lot of sales content on LinkedIn. I'm already uh, very well connected to people who could be my prospects. Uh, so I recently made a post uh, about a hundred companies hiring SDRs. Um, this was good because it provided value to the community, but it was also a double-edged sword because the people who are hiring SDRs are the people that actually I'm trying to prospect to, and I am getting them to uh, like challenge the status quo or challenge what they think they should do in terms of hiring an internal SDR versus an external SDR. Um, so this piece of content I uh, posted um, was about uh, like 100 companies across North America and EMEA uh, hiring SDRs right now. And then I also linked the hiring managers at those organizations. So I said to candidates, um, if you're applying for a role at this company, uh, reach out to this hiring manager. And I linked the hiring manager. Um, I got just thousands and thousands of impressions, several hundred likes and tons of comments, almost a hundred reposts even. 
And then it was interesting because I was doing something to, in a way, help the community, but it was also self-serving because it attracted people who could consider um, BizDev Labs to my page and basically just build um, brand awareness about uh, BizDev Labs because I just got a lot of profile views and people coming to my page. And then what ended up happening uh, was people would message me saying, hey, Monica, really appreciate you putting me um, on your last list of organizations hiring SDRs um, because it led them to get an influx of candidates applying for their SDR role. Um, so this person here said, hey, Monica, thanks for including uh, us on your last post. Would you mind please including the XYZ BDR role in your next post about companies hiring BDRs? We found a great deal of benefit when you included us last time in your post. Love to be once again. So this was beneficial for organizations hiring uh, SDRs because they got an influx of candidates. It was great for people looking for jobs because I gave them 100 companies that were hiring. And it also helped me at the same time because uh, it basically attracted prospects to me and got people messaging me messages like these. Um, and then I could say, yeah, I'm happy to include your SDR role in the next post I make promoting SDR roles. But at the same time, this is who we are, this is what we do, and this is what we offer. And I'm kind of like, in a way, generating my own inbound when they don't even necessarily know it, right? So I'm uh, in this kind of situation, I'm basically providing value to everyone. And that's uh, one of my three social selling pillars is uh, shoot the shit. Uh, with your prospects, uh, post valuable content and relatable content. Nice. That's a really good example uh, that you shared here because you are bringing value and then also you are starting yeah. conversations. So I think that's uh, uh, the three for the all the example you shared with us today. I think that really showcased what you are doing with social selling. So and uh, yeah, actually, if I saw. We, you are talking about that earlier, uh, but yes, I implement the <laughs> tips or things that uh, you or other guests are sharing. And I've started yeah. to be more active on, on LinkedIn, but not to talk just about uh, prospecting and SDRs, but right now I'm more active also talking about what Castor does, uh, their ideas. And I've uh, starting to see more uh, data people in, uh, engaging with me on LinkedIn, even though I'm not... Uh, a data scientist, uh, but uh, I think it's uh, yeah really interesting to to see what's working. Uh, so thank you for, for for doing that. So yeah. we are at the end of the episode. Uh, so do do you have anything else you want to share with the audience about uh, social selling? Uh, don't overthink social selling. Just put yourself out there and get started. Just do a lot of research about where the thought leaders in your space are hanging out. Uh, get to know them, what content they're putting out, what's working and how that kind of content is clicking with your prospects. Uh, don't overthink interacting with your prospects uh, and just get started. Uh, voice notes are a very easy, effortless way to get started. Um, the can you point me in the direction message is a very easy way to start connecting with people. Um, yeah, just put yourself out there. And if you need any help, message me because I love talking to people about social selling. <laughs> And yeah, for, for me also, the biggest takeaway for, of today is the point me in the right direction message that I think yeah. uh, if you think about starting with social selling could be a really an easy way to uh, start uh, your, your strategy instead of going straight away, trying to uh, build a relationship with someone. So it could be way easier to have a quick, 
quick results on your side. Yeah, exactly. So Monica, thanks again for uh, this episode, but also doing a ping back on, on the show. So uh, it was nice to see you and thanks for everyone listening. Yeah, thanks. Cheers.